Ikahuhu means to become angry in Hawaiian. And really, this podcast is a personal journey through my experiences with anger in the past and how I'm choosing to process it in the present. I'm excited that you're here, and I'm excited to jump into today's topic. So, one of the things that I really love about the song, um, which is Sage and Stone by Avril and the Sequoias, is that when I listen to it, it really challenges me to take a deep breath and kind of pause for a moment. The words are really sweet, but really it's the the melody that is so calming to my spirit. And I really want this podcast to be that um, for me when I listen to it later on in life, and also for anyone who's listening to it um, currently. Uh, with me. Um, I want this to be a space where we can take a deep breath and talk about one of the more difficult things, at least for me, um, in life. And that's frustration, anger, really the whole spectrum of emotion. I'm sure there will be times that we talk about grief, sorrow, joy, um, as well as some of the more um, gruff or rough types of emotions as well. Um, so yeah, I just want to, before we get into today's topic, I want to invite you to take a deep breath with me and be present. Be present for the frustrations, the angers that are within you. Um, and hopefully as we, um, really go on this journey together, um, we will discover those things together. So let's go ahead and get started. Today, I really wanted to talk about success. It's been something that's um, been on my mind for the last couple weeks um, as a topic for discussion um, because I think there's so many misnomers when it comes to success and there's things now that I'm realizing about success that are so different from the way I viewed success last year versus five years ago versus 10 years ago. And I think I've got a good awareness about um, my issues with success um, and my frustrations with success. Um, I went ahead and looked up the definition of success. So the definition, the official Oxford Dictionary's definition of success is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. And I really think, you know, that that's what I like about that definition is that it's so broad. Um, you know, we can, it's very individualistic. You know, what I aim to do or what I deem is purposeful for me might be different than it is for you. And based on this definition of success, my personal purpose, uh, if I accomplish it, then that is success to me. And I think... One of the frustrating things about success um, for me is that although it is highly individualized, as a culture, we treat success like it is not individualized. We have certain success markers that we feel like everyone should achieve. And so, you know, even on the subject of purpose... Um, if we were to just generalize, very broadly generalize, for for a long time, the purpose of women 
has been to be a spouse or to provide children, um, to be a mother, to be maternal, to be nurturing, to be all, we could just go on and on. I'm sure that'll be a podcast in and of itself, but for so many women, those are not the goals that they want to achieve. And yet these are the success markers that have been pushed on women, um, you know, different cultures have different belief systems about what is good and what is a fulfilled life. Um, in Christian culture, I'd say largely for women, the sentiment that I have grown up feeling, um, especially more in recent years, probably between the age of 18 to where I'm at now, which is 25, it's become so focused on, well, when are you going to get married? When are you going to settle down? Don't you want to have kids? Are you one of those career people? Or do you want to have family? It's kind of like this, they're creating this false dichotomy that there isn't potential to to try and pursue both. Um, But it's also putting that burden, I don't want to say family is a burden, but the burden of someone else's measurement of success is being placed on on people, um, on me, maybe on you. Um, and this is a, a heavy burden to bear. And I think part of my frustration with this generalized, uh, views of success is that I feel for large portions of my life that I had succumbed to other people's measurements of success. And because I wasn't firm enough in what I deemed a good purpose or what I wanted to pursue, um, I just kind of fell in line with, well, this is what's supposed to make me happy, you know, or this is what's supposed to make me a good person or make me, make my life worth living. And so I pursued, um, career goals that were not necessarily my own. I pursued educational goals that weren't, I don't, I don't think they really were mine. Um, I pursued relational uh, goals that, that weren't really mine. Um, And I think one of the blessings of this year, um, this 2020 of a year, um, while there's so many things that I could look back on and be filled with frustration or regret about, one of the things that I think I will look back on is that in this time of silence, in loneliness, um, I've been quarantined by myself, which is in so many ways a blessing, Um, though my housemate is not in the state, in this state currently, she decided to quarantine with her family in California, which is awesome, Um, and I've had a, a pretty large home to myself to consider a lot of things and one of the things that I really was heavy on my heart was this success discussion and it was heavy on my heart because I wasn't feeling successful and I think sometimes loneliness leads us to deep-seated hurts and insecurities and one of the deep-seated hurts and insecurities that loneliness brought to me this year was my sense that I am not successful 
that was the first one. And the second one was I, the feeling that I need to be successful. And as I delved into that a little bit more, as I started to explore what do I even think successfulness in me is, I started going through a list of things that are not my measurements of success. You know, I started realizing these are someone else's. This is what has been spoken into me. This is not coming from me. And so I think this, in a lot of ways, this was a turning point in my thinking because I came to a place where I decided I don't want to live someone else's version of success. I don't want to wake up in 10 years and have have achieved everything that other people wanted for me still and yet still be unhappy or discontent you know and I think happiness and discontent are largely um, decision based you know you can decide what emotion you want to embody sometimes I think most of the time you can decide but there's also decisions that speak into those emotional uh, frequencies I think in us and so I didn't want to wake up in 10 years having pursued and achieved everything that I should have and yet be unfulfilled or deeply sad or regret the last 10 years of my life and this is a wonderful place to be personally because I don't think that I've been here before you know, a lot of the peop- a lot of the things that people would look at my life, just like if my life were on paper for a second, the things that people would look at and say, wow, that was a great achievement. You know, I, I look at those things and I don't see achievement. I see a lot of hard work because <laughs> my, especially my academic achievements, they were hard work, but I don't see them as success they just it, it it's just a thing that it is you know yeah I I did that I think for me at this state in my life the two two of the things not the two two of the things that I think I hold most treasured as successful things would be one is my relationship with myself so my mental health I think And I can definitely say this is a hard work. um, This is a result of hard work. In the last three to five years, I I have changed dynamically. And my relationship to myself has changed dynamically. I am so much happier with who I am and how I am. And I'm also more aware of the things that the insecurities so that when they come up I can just acknowledge them instead of sitting in them and holding on to them and I love that I absolutely love that and I think that is one of the things I'm most proud of I think one of the other things I'm most proud of is my relationship with certain family members that I thought I will never be able to have a relationship with this person long term and I really wanted to have a relationship with them but I wasn't sure how to navigate that interpersonal dynamic. And I'm proud that I did fight through those, fight for that relationship. I'm very proud of that. That to me is success.
And, and I'm okay with that now. <laughs> a couple months ago, I, would, I wasn't okay with that being the things that I'm proud of. Um, now I'm okay with it. But I think, you know, because so often success markers are spoken into us, whether it's vocational or educational or relational, like, oh, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? You know, whatever it is. Um, I think because so often it's spoken into us, it's something we have to try really hard to do is to assess what do we actually, what is our individual purpose? What are our individual goals? And then there has to be at some level a firmness in our mind of this is, this is my purpose. This is what I'm pursuing and at some level, I feel like it needs to be a fuck anyone who says any differently. You know, if someone says, oh, well, at 26, that you really should be pursuing relational goals. It's time to put your, your career on the back burner now. You know, if that's not something you want, then screw the other people who are saying that you need to want it. And I think... You need to do, I think, in order for this to be beneficial, you have to do a lot of check-ins with yourself because I think there's a lot of underlying desires that we are too afraid to talk about. And we're too afraid because we don't want to create a goal or a purpose that we're afraid we can't achieve. And so we just never speak about what we want. And I think that's that's a danger of success and it's a danger of this of this in in line with this discussion because it's so easy when we're not brave enough to speak our purpose and to pursue our purpose no matter the backlash from it or no matter the difficulty as a result of you pursuing your purpose because we're so afraid of it it's so easy to just adopt someone else's purpose instead of pursuing our own it's so much easier when someone is telling you what you need to do to do it even though, like, I'm sure the, the rebel in all of us doesn't want to do what people tell us to do, right? There's, there's that, I think, inherently in all people everywhere. You know, if you tell me to do this inherently, I don't want to do it. I think it's a little stronger in certain people um, than other people, but it's in all of us. But if we're thinking about it a little bit more on the life side of things, life gets confusing and scary fast. It gets frustrating it gets uh, full of regret sometimes and discontentedness can just fill in narratives and seasons of our lives, I think. And I feel like if we're not, like I said, if we're not brave enough to pursue a purpose, we just adopt someone else's. And I think there's a lot of dangers in adopting someone else's narrative for our life. I feel like one of my deepest fears is, is re- having regret. I do not want to live in a way that I have regret. And that is one of the, the measurements that I, I decide things in my life about. Am I going to regret this decision five years from now? And I'm, am I going to regret not doing this five years from now? Am I going to regret doing this five years from now? Because <laughs> I definitely don't want to do that. Um, but I think that's the, the danger of not living your purpose is is waking up 
10, 15, 20, oh my gosh, can you imagine waking up 50 years later and realizing, having an epiphany of a moment and realizing I've lived someone else's dreams for my life. I've never pursued my goals, my dreams. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. That that thought just terrifies me. I think regret's one of the one of the dangers of of living in other people's types of success. I think another one um, is that you never actually become who you were meant to be. I think as people we are so individualized and we are so unique. There's so many narratives that are universal. Yes, there are universal narratives and there's so many similarities in individuals. But I think that each of us has this wonderful, beautiful purpose and giftedness that we were put on this earth to pursue. I fully, deeply believe that. And if that is true, for the sake of discussion, you may or may not agree with me, but if what I've just said is true, if somebody just adopts someone else's purposes and pursuits, they are actually living quite opposite what they were designed, how they were designed to be. And I think this is, this is so sad to me. I think there's people in my life who I see, I see them making decisions to please other people, whether it's their parents or their friends or their communities. They're, they're making decisions to please others. And it's, it's in opposition to who they are. Their deepest core, their core of who they are, the gifts, the strengths, the passions, the beauties that they have to offer the world are cut off when we don't pursue them. When we start adopting other people's decisions for our lives and saying, yeah, that's okay, I'm going to do this for now. When that happens, we never have the chance. Maybe not never. Maybe that chance will just come a lot later. But the chance to become who you were meant to be, who you were always meant to be from the day you greeted the world, I think we deny ourselves that. And I think that fuels the regret that some people wake up and realize and other people, I think it's just a subtle, latent discontentedness for their entire lives. Maybe they never have that epiphany of, oh my gosh, I'm not who I want to be. I know for me, this epiphany comes in, in cycles. <laughs> different, different parts of this epiphany rise and fall in my life in different seasons. And, you know, in the last five years, I've chosen to greet this epiphany with gratitude and, and change. You know, I don't want to have had an epiphany at 20 bury it because I'm too afraid to to look into it and five, ten years later have that epiphany again and realize, oh my gosh, <laughs> I had this thought. I've thought this before and I just didn't do anything with it. Success. This discussion on success was one of those I don't know if it's an epiphany or, or what um, for me, but it was one of those moments where I was like, I I'm I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be afraid 
to talk about what, what my goals are. And I don't want to be afraid to tell people, hey, the goal that you're telling me I should have is not mine. So you can take it and go. That's not a goal I have for my life. So no matter how passionately or vehemently you speak it into me, I'm rejecting it wholeheartedly. And for me as a believer, I think this can become a little bit of a cocky stance because we're all, as a, as a believer in Christ, we're supposed to be in submission to Christ. And we're supposed to invite accountability into our lives. And I do have a lot of accountability in my life. It's something I'm ever trying to encourage in my life because I, I know sometimes I can get into that mode of screw you, I don't care what you say, and that's not a very accountable stance. So I acknowledge that. But the truth is, I think if we're speaking on, on the subject of being a believer in success, my measurements of success, I check against not only the Word of God, but I also check against it spiritually. I'm constantly praying, God, will you write my success? Will you tell me my purpose? Will you help me pursue my purpose? I'm in constant, or I'm attempting to be, I'm not in constant. I'm trying, I'm desperately trying to constantly be in submission to God. And if I'm doing that part right, then really, I shouldn't care. As a, as a Christian, I shouldn't care what anybody else says. And I shouldn't be trying to live how anybody else says. Even if it's my, my religious community who's telling me I need to do that. I think, like I said, we should have accountability in our lives. I think it's healthy to have somebody or a few somebodies in your life who will say, Hey, this doesn't seem like you. This action doesn't seem like you. Let's, can we talk about it? Or, hey, I see you going down this path. Is this, where you, is this the direction you want to go? We need people who will help us. And I think, you know, in the subject of success and pursuing your purpose... We should be in some ways single-minded and very focused on that pursuit. But we should also allow for accountability into our lives, speaking into the things we want to pursue. To summarize, success is so individualized to who you are, who I am, what, what I want to do, what you want to do, and how I go about pursuing it. It's so beautifully unique in that way. And there's really no one who can tell anyone what success is for them. I think when we get to the place where, where we can confidently say, this is what success looks like for me, I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing because it's when we become our own individuals. It's when we become free and detached from society and cultural expectations and family expectations and religious expectations it's when we become who we are and how we want to be and I think there's something so beautiful about that um, because we were all designed to be so wonderful 
so beautiful and so flawed and so much in progress. And I think when we pursue ourselves in this way, that's, that's a beautiful form of success. Thank you for listening to my discussion on success. I hope it's, it's offered you some food for thought or some encouragement or some challenge, challenging. Um, but I hope throughout it all, you are able to take a, a couple deep breaths um, with me before and after and maybe during. Um, and I hope to see you.